What's up, everyone, and welcome to Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast, episode number 160, presented by Save the Game Media. I'm your host, Kevin, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about whether or not Xbox is killing their consoles and going third party. Uh, We also have hype for the Game Awards and a big Game Pass drop, but before we get to all that and more, got to introduce my co-host, Jam Pack Sam. How you doing, buddy? We haven't, it's been two weeks since the last it's show. We had a while. Thanksgiving break. How was your Thanksgiving? How are you doing? It was great. Yeah. The Thanksgiving week was nice because I had a little bit of time off, had time to dive back into stuff. And then also I'm big into the seasonal events, you know, mm-hmm. the holidays are coming up. So we'll talk about what we played more, but a lot of Diablo, a lot of Turkey, um, mm. both of which represent hell in some ways. Once you've had so much Turkey, you know, at one point it just becomes a, a grind to get through. But I kid, it is all good. How are you? I'm doing all right. As we were talking uh, backstage before the show, I got tendonitis in my Achilles tendon. So, uh, and it's work things going on, some drama in the workplace, if you will, Uh, not involving me, but does affect me, which sucks. So we'll see what go. We'll we'll see what happens there. But this is an Xbox podcast. No more talking about that. We're live every Thursday right here on YouTube, except no next week. We will be live on Wednesday because Thursday we're going to be live reacting to the Game Awards. You can join me. You can join uh, Bree, Kyle, I think Sam Heaney from No Limits. I don't know if Jam Pack Sam's coming. He's more than welcome. Anybody can come hang out with us, watch the Game Awards live next Thursday. So next week's show will be Wednesday. You can catch the audio for the show every Friday morning on your favorite audio feed of choice. Right over there, please drop us that five-star review. It helps us, whether it's Apple, Spotify, gets us up in those algorithm rankings. If you want to support us further, get early access to all Save the Game Media content. Now, for just $1 a month, you get all of the bonus post shows, exclusive content, and early access. We got rid of that $3 tier. It's never been easier to get all your content and got some stuff in the works for 2024 that the $1 patrons will also benefit from. So keep an eye out for that. But got to thank our current patrons. So thank you to Bucky Blue, Fabulous Brianna, Brianna's mom, Brianna's brother, Brianna's wife, Nikolai and Knight, Cypher Primus, Brendan Myers, Marcus O'Neill, Lillian, Mimi J, The Snack Network, David Hotright, Dave Harp, The Xbox Expansion Pass, Alpaca Tom, and Lee Navarro. Thank you all for your support. We appreciate each and every one of you. Got that housekeeping out of the way. So let's jump into what have you been playing, Sam? It was a pretty good couple of weeks. So this week I have been super busy. I have just been playing Diablo 4. Now, prior to that, I was playing a lot of Diablo 4. That's the difference. So um, they have this thing called the Mother's Blessing Week, which is effectively a fancy way of saying it is a 35% XP bonus and also gold bonus, which might not sound like as much as a double XP, and it's not mathematically, but that leveling, that grind, it's just like putting fuel on the fire for it. And so uh, I had spun up a seasonal character. I stuck with the same build that I had from season one, which was like a lightning sorcerer or shock sorcerer, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just started kind of playing that. And it's great to just, number one, the narratives are great if you want to pay attention to the dialogue. But also, like, if you just want to grind a game, Diablo 4 is a great background. Just kind of like, let's it's a pretty ride. good one. Yeah. So I was having a really good time with that. And I spent a lot of time with that over Thanksgiving. Uh, but 
on top of that, we also had the Halo Infinite, Halo 3 Refueled. The uh, Halo 3 playlist is continuing for another week right now. If you're listening to this live or shortly after it goes out, uh, they extended that. But you've got the Critical Dew Point, the, the remade map uh, that's all green and decked out in Mountain Dew mm-hmm. stuff. And you've got lots of that just throwback. Narrows is back in Halo Infinite, these iconic maps and things like that. So played more of that, which is always a good time. And then, my friend, Immortals of Avium. I have Ooh. played it. Not entirely, but I'm probably okay. like six to seven hours in. Oh, very um, nice. Yeah, and it was one of the only games that I bought on Black Friday. I bought a lot of like merch and things mm-hmm. out there, but like as far as games go, it was one of the ones that I picked up. I have a physical copy in the living room, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's a really good time. Oh, okay. So this is a thing. So a friend of the show, Luke Lore over Xbox Expansion Pass, obviously he did that interview with the, the studio head, yeah. uh, and I feel like since then I've been hearing a lot of Immortals of Avium talk. I in the XCP Discord, mm-hmm. but even on Twitter, I'm seeing people pick it up. Uh, I know you were one of them. Mm-hmm. I got it on my Christmas list. All right. Nice. It's one of those I'm like, I'm not going to buy it right now. But mm-hmm. if someone wants to give me it for Christmas, I will certainly play it. So tell me about Immortals of Avium some more. Uh, why is everyone freaking, why, why are people getting into it all of a sudden? So Immortals of Avium is, in my mind, one of those hidden gems of this year just because like we had said before i think i've said this on the show if it had come out in 2022 it would be much more popular than it is but just by nature of it being so crowded it's getting overlooked in a lot of ways and so i'm kind of the inverse of you where you want immortals of avium on your christmas list i want atlas fallen on my christmas list and i bought that i played that one already yeah and so it it seems like that's kind of like what people are doing where they're picking up these more i don't want to say niche titles Mm -hmm. but in comparison to the triple a stuff they're going for that kind of stuff on black friday and so the beauty of immortals of avium is that and I, i don't even want to say it like this but it almost has like a guitar hero element to it if that makes sense where when you see a a blue enemy you have to match it with the blue type of magic when you see a mm. yellow type of enemy you have to match it with a yellow type of magic red etc and so i'm thinking about guitar hero because you see like mm-hmm. the the beats coming and then you've got to match it with the right button so that's the kind of vibe that you get from it um and also the uh, the writing is good. It is a very deep lore that they've built, like a very, very deep, unnecessarily dense lore. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy the the depth of the world. I think the writing is well done to what it needs to be. And then the gameplay loop is just like, I mean, it's the same thing if you were to play an FPS and you're whipping out a sniper, a mid range and a shotgun like it's okay. that but magic and so it just feels good to have different types of magic but it's still just like this mystical like i'm shooting random you know balls at this guy but it feels like a sniper rifle and stuff like that or a minigun or whatever it is um yeah i was really shocked at how good the game plays that's awesome i'm really hoping i get so uh, my my girlfriend's family we do uh elfster secret santa so like mm-hmm. you get a budget and then someone you get to put a list on so i saw it and i was like it's 35 at target right now right that's under the budget for the secret santa i was like nice. put it on there someone just grab it for me because everyone's talking about it it looks like i've always thought it looked like a lot of fun i yeah. i love those I don't want to call them mindless, but I, I feel like uh, Doom is a good example where like it has mm-hmm. a story. I don't really care all that much about the story. Yeah. I love like the different guns and ripping people in half. And and it's just a, a fun kinetic game to like go through. And that's kind of what I'm looking for. 
Yeah, you're if if that's what you're looking for and that's what you go and expecting, you're definitely going to get that. And I will say this was one of those moments this generation. There's a specific point and I threw it up on Twitter and and uh threads and all of that. But you open up this set of double doors and it's like an Unreal Engine 5 moment mm-hmm. where there's so much happening on the screen. It's such a high fidelity and it's got like good frame rate in these cutscenes and stuff. Like it's just a one of those moments where you're like, this feels like a next gen game at this point in time. And it's not perfect. It is still a double A feeling game. Mm-hmm. It's an EA originals kind of like nurture project, if you will. But uh, it's got some really, really good moments in there. Awesome. Looking looking forward to jumping into that one. But I have played a ton since we last spoke over the, yeah, the Thanksgiving nice. break. And not only have I played a ton, I've beat a lot of games too. So I'll get the short one out of the way. I'm still working towards that 100% achievement in Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2. I have beaten the campaign. Um, I beat it on the hardest difficulty, which actually becomes pretty easy once you do a few. It's a roguelite, so like you get more power-ups the more you do it. Uh, but at a certain point, I just got broken where it's like projectiles follow enemies. I heal at the start of every every round so mm. i'm like i'd spawn in on the highest difficulty just chuck a bunch of stuff i have rockets that shoot out every 10 seconds i'd be standing in the corner the enemy's just getting blasted and i'm like yeah this is this is what we're doing right now so really enjoying that i gotta just finish arcade with everyone and on the highest difficulty then i'll have my 100 for that but the games i do want to talk about that i played and beat since we've been gone let's start with uh super mario rpg since it's uh not on xbox the other right. two are on xbox This game was just as good as I remember it being when I was a kid. Um, I remember playing this one of one of those introductory JRPGs, if you will, um, when you're when you're a child. It's very linear, very straightforward. It has that sea of stars mechanic where like you hit A to time your attacks, do more damage. Uh, This one, it'll actually like do the group damage and then you hit A to block. Um, Except it's Mario characters. And there's a few in here that we've never seen again. Like Malo never comes back. Gino never comes back. But Bowser is my standout character from this game. And he is hilarious in Super Mario RPG. And I was sitting there, I, I think I tweeted out, I'm like... I want a Bowser RPG mm-hmm. now. Like I, just, he's so good in this. He, he was my boy. He's a tank. He was doing damn it, like destroying people. My only problem with this game is that it is very easy and it's very short. I rolled credits in eight hours. Um, okay. So for sixty dollars, if you're looking for a little more time to money, I, mm-hmm. I personally don't care about the the money equals time uh, thing. That that doesn't appeal to me but i know some people out there do care about that i'd wait for a sale on on this game if you're on the fence about it and hearing that it's a little shorter um but really good great remake beautiful art style great great intro jrpg nice i mean that's what anybody can really hope for is that when you come from a remake you're like okay this this matches the level that i remember it being back Mm -hmm. whenever i was a kid and so many remakes or even remasters don't match that um so that's great is there replay value like could you justify going through it five times with different characters or is it like eight hours and you're done Nah, it's it well it there is you can do the hundred percent like there's a few secret bosses and like you can Mm -hmm. obviously collect everything like the hidden blocks and all this stuff but none of it's really like worth it doesn't change anything like the endings the ending the characters are the characters like you get mario bowser gino malo and peach those are the characters you're gonna get every single time yeah well then uh yeah sounds like a good wait for sale but glad to hear that it's good the other game i've been playing uh persona 5 tactica 
came okay, out the yeah. same exact day. Uh, this one drops into Game Pass, so if you're interested, you can check it out if you have the the Xbox and the Game Pass. Um, I am mixed on this game, and that's not how I wanted to feel. I wanted to love this game because I love Persona. I love tactics games. And I think from a gameplay perspective, Persona 5 Tactics are really good. The, the tactical gameplay is outstanding. Um, I think the final boss is BS, and I lowered the difficulty. Absolute nonsense. Um, I spent like an hour doing it, and he needed one hit left, literally one gunshot, oh, and then he one hits my entire party. And I would like almost rage on itself but instead i just dropped the difficulty and then beat him in, in five minutes um really good tactics gameplay uh it takes a lot from the persona series like if you line up in a triangle you can do an all-out attack and mm. kill all the enemies in there they have these things called quests which are their missions but they give you like certain objectives like kill all the enemies in one turn and it's kind of a challenge because they'll be yeah. spread out and you have to figure out like how do i get a follow-up attack with this character at the perfect time so i can kill this enemy um those can get a little tricky some of them are really straightforward some of them are a little more difficult but my issue with this game is the story the story is not very good and I say that as someone that loves Persona. Um, it introduces a few, two new characters, Toshiro and Arena, who they have some interesting points, um, especially towards the third kingdom, um, which is almost the end of the game. I think things really kick up a notch. But before that, it's pretty slow. It's pretty dragging. Not much interesting going on. And like the characters aren't that good. So I did find myself kind of like glazed over or like skipping some non-essential cut scenes just because I don't think the story in this game is very good. Does it tie in with the larger Persona stuff and how deeply does that tie-in go? Because, Like as somebody who has never played a Persona game mm -hmm. more than like an hour, I obviously with Tactica being on Game Pass, I have some interest in like giving it a shot, but is it worth it for two questions how much does it tie in and then is it worth it for somebody like me to check it out so it doesn't tie in at all it will okay. like it'll spoil like who joins the party and there there are some references um because this is a non-canon story essentially it takes place after the end of uh persona 5 royal i believe or in between there okay. somewhere in the middle like they they've beaten like the final boss of persona 5 because they kind of mentioned that but in general, you can play the game and like not really worry about that. Um, you'll just have the characters. It's almost it's not even who cares. Like, that's how I feel yeah. about the story. Like, if, if this didn't exist, nobody would know the difference. Um, I did play the DLC for it, too, which um, uh, stars Akechi and Kasumi, who they mean nothing. That means nothing to you. But their uh, characters uh, from the Persona 5 Royal, um, you get to play as them in Royal. And they're my two favorite characters. So as soon as I saw their DLC, I was like, absolutely, yes. That DLC is really good. It has a different mechanic system where the paint, you, you basically hit enemies and paint comes out. And then if they're on your colors, they can't attack. If you're on your their colors, you can't attack. So it's a, it adds some flavor to the, the tactics gameplay. It's about four hours long. It is $20. Um, and I only got it because I, I read that if you beat it, you can use them in the campaign. What I didn't know was you can only do it in New Game Plus. So oh. I was super bummed. <laughs> 
Yeah, that sounds annoying. So what you're telling me is you spent $20 to get Persona 5 Tactica Splatoon DLC. Yes. That's effectively what it is. It, it, 100% that is what it is, actually. <laughs> like, you, there's, like, barrels you can shoot and, like, cause yeah. big pain explosions. Yeah. Um, good game. If you just want a good tactics game, I do recommend it. Just ignore the story. Yeah, well, I'm going out of town this weekend and I'm looking for like mobile stuff I can just play with a controller. And so um, I feel like that could be a good one to check out. I've heard from uh, Matt Zawinski over at uh, Carpool that touch screen, it has touch screen controls oh, on cool. the phone and it works great. That's awesome. Yeah, that would that would free me up a lot. I'm going to Florida this weekend. And so it would be great to just not have to take anything and just like enjoy a game on the go. So that yeah. might be the move. Yeah. He said it's phenomenal through xCloud just on your phone with a touch awesome. screen. I think that's how he's playing it. So. Uh, last game I want to talk about before we get into the news, Alan Wake's American Nightmare. <laughs> nice. I bought this after we talked about it two weeks ago. It was on the, the Xbox. Yep, that's what I bought it. And so I picked it up for like 374 or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's in the backlog now, but tell me about it. How are you feeling? This is so different to any other remedy game but especially different to the alan wake games like after playing you, you you've played both of them so yes. when you when you finally boot this up it's only about three hours long so like mm -hmm. expectations and check um this should have been a dlc like i'm surprised this wasn't part of like the original alan wake dlc or like re in the remastered collection because when i was playing it i was like the tone in this is so different compared to anything else. It's basically an action game. There's like no horror elements to be yeah. found. Everything's really silly and like campy. Nothing. Just the way they talk. Like there's one chick who basically like throws herself at Alan. It's like, come here. Like, let's go to the bed. I'm like, what is going on in this game? Like, it's so weird. And so as the gameplay, I just like, after we talked about it, I had been on the Alan Wake kick and I'm like, well, I might Same, as well have this. Maybe, yeah, I might as well have this in the collection or whatever. So does it it looks like it plays like an arcadey kind of situation? Is it like a Call of Duty zombies mixed with Alan Wake? Like what's Dead Rising mixed with Alan Wake? Like where's the in-between? What's the crossover? So it, uh, the story mode is kind of it's similar to Alan Wake one, like the the gameplay yeah. mechanics. Like you have to shine the flashlight until the circle goes down yes. and then you can shoot them. That that's pretty much the same. Um, there is an arcade mode where it's like endless hordes, I think, come at yeah, you because yeah. there's leaderboards and like I kill a certain amount. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the arcadey stuff, which didn't doesn't really interest me. That is like the majority of the achievements in the game. So like okay. when you look at it, it's like I think it's like nine out of the 12 are related mm -hmm. to that mode. So this was clearly their main focus. And then the story was like, we need something to fill it in here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's silly. It took me one playthrough. Like I played it in a day. Nothing. Yeah. At three dollars. Who who cares? And now I've yeah, played I'll all the Alan Wake's. I'll knock it out this hot this like holiday season sometime because it does look fun, and I do want to go through and play. I imagine what they ha had was we have the action gameplay of Alan Wake. Let's toss a three hour story on there, mm -hmm. and we can kind of crank out another one in between whatever the next games were at that point. So I don't fault them for it, but um, but yeah, at least my expectations are in check now. The whole time I was playing it, I was like, you know, this could have been the direction they went with this series. Like they instead yeah. of survival horror, Alan Wake 2 could have been like an over the top, like guns blazing type game and kind of happy we went the direction we did oh yeah two, two totally different if we're talking about multiverses and like different different things like that there is a multiverse out there where alan wake is now an action he's an third action, person yeah. shooter yeah mm -hmm. for sure but 
had some fun with that. That's all I've been playing. Um, well, I have played 30 minutes of Remnant 2, but I'm not. Oh. I'm going I'm to I'm talk about that next week when yeah, I get I'll, a little I'll more time. I'll have played some it. next week as well because it's. We'll, we'll talk about it more, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah. yes, it is very exciting. Yeah. All right. So with that out of the way, why don't we jump over into the news? So story number one. Excuse me while I burp. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Recent comments from Xbox CFO Tim Stewart has some Xbox fans up in arms and concerns about the future of the console have arise. Uh, speaking during the Wells Fargo TMT summit this week, Tim stated, quote, it's a bit of a change of strategy, not announcing anything broadly here, but our mission is to bring our first party experiences and our subscription services to every screen that can play games. That means smart TVs. That means mobile. That means. Uh, that means what we would have thought as competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. This comes off the heels of a pretty bleak gamesindustry.biz console report, which states that Xbox Series X and S sales in Europe are down 52% year on year compared to the PS5, which is up 143% year on year. This has led to speculation that Xbox could be preparing to exit the console market and become a third party publisher. Sam Heaney writes in, what do you think of Tim Stewart's recent comments? He vaguely seems to suggest that Xbox's future in his eyes is potentially as a third party publisher. Do you guys think this could truly become a reality in the mid to long term, particularly after multiple consecutive months of worsening hardware sales despite an event game like starfield sam i should i'm assuming you've seen these comments i'm assuming you've seen people on social media freaking out how are we feeling i have i mean i don't i've never understood i should i shouldn't say never this week i have not understood have people just forgotten the entire period of time this summer where everybody was fighting over the activision blizzard acquisition and this was like a core pillar of mm -hmm. the messaging like they do not care where you play as long as you're playing an Xbox game, then they're making money. And I think this is just a reiteration of that statement. But to your point, the Xbox hardware did not sell well over the course of the past month. Now, three months ago, there was a totally different narrative where it was up exponentially because of Starfield and things that we had talked about. Not to the point that it was like incredible, but it was moving in the right direction. And so... I think there is a future where third-party publishing becomes a bigger part of Xbox, like what we have with Bethesda, what we will have with Activision Blizzard and things like that. Um, but I think it ultimately comes down to how much of a financial burden is it on Microsoft as a global entity overall to produce these consoles and to have a dedicated way for people to play versus relying on other companies to make the hardware and to give people access to this stuff. And I can't imagine that the production of the Xbox consoles, looking at how big Microsoft is, is even something they're going to think about doing away with. They will focus more publicly on third-party publishing, but this doesn't mean that Xbox as an entity and as a console and as a platform is going away, in my mm -hmm. opinion. I... I want to say that, yes, the year-on-year -year console sales in Europe certainly are bleak for Xbox. Down 52% is not a good look, especially after a, a big game release. There's, there's no way around that. But I think what everyone seems to be forgetting is the Activision Blizzard acquisition. We have yet to see what fruit that will bear. Like when Call of Duty and things start hitting Game Pass day one, does that significantly change the conversation? I think it's far too early to make any drastic assumptions that Xbox is going third party, that 
consoles are going to die uh, from the Xbox brand. Uh, and I'm a little confused why people would want that. Like, do we want a, a world where PlayStation is the only like premium console experience and then you have Nintendo doing their own thing? I'm sure there are some people out there that's like, yeah, that sounds great to me. I don't personally want to live in that world. I like the, the choice, the variety that each platform offers me something different. Um, so if we're looking at Tim Stewart's comments, I personally <laughs> trophy rooms in the, yes, <laughs> yes. Long <laughs> will. I think the long live. Ooh, yeah. uh, hi, Joe. Um, thanks for stopping by. I think Tim Stewart's comments are really just reiterating things that we've heard from Phil and the team for years. Now we know for a fact that Phil Spencer said like we went to PlayStation and we offered them game pass on PS five. And they said, no, they said, we're not interested in game pass on PS five. And I don't, really blame them why would they want to include a competitor subscription service on their console they would have to give them what i don't know how subscription services work on, on i know game sales 70 percent. so they would be potentially losing customers if people see like oh this is game pass like i want to get a console for that or they or that or they lose money just like oh i'm gonna subscribe to that instead of ps plus you know what i'm saying like it yeah. doesn't benefit playstation to have that on their service i think nintendo is a whole different uh different ballpark personally i don't think nintendo really is competing with those two they don't have their own games catalog subscription service in the same way that game pass and ps plus exists so if there was someone to get game pass i think nintendo is first up yeah i i would agree i think that it seems like Nintendo has a stronger relationship with Xbox in some capacity, just looking at the way that they've interacted before. Um, but beyond that, I would love to see all these companies just react in the same way that Valve treats a lot of what they do in the PC gaming space, where with the Steam Deck, you can do whatever you want with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even to the point of like emulation, they're like, well, we're gonna, we'll leave it open. We don't know, you know, like we don't see it. And so like, I would love to see that kind of openness come where, the platform holders are so confident in the product that they have that they allow competition to come onto their platform because they're like, yeah, you can do that too, but we know we're so good. You're going to be here buying our stuff anyway. Like with Sony, you have your God of War, your Uncharted, your um, Destiny, your anything else that comes down the line and that has already come out. That's going to prove why you need a PlayStation for mm -hmm. the people that want one. But all of that's so good, you're going to buy that anyway. In the meantime, why don't you spend your time playing Xbox stuff here and then we get a cut of the Game Pass subscriptions as well that are had on PlayStation, for example. Um, I, I just think that that is a healthier and more confident mindset. These companies will never do that. That That's pride. just the reality of what it is. It's a pride thing. It's a territorial thing. Uh, and to some degree, that's what keeps the competition going in this industry feeling fresh. And... Um, and yeah, it's, it's almost like a necessary evil at this point to where aspirationally, yeah, you would love to have Game Pass and Xbox on every screen, but it's never going to happen to the capacity that Tim or Phil would want it to. I think if it does happen, it's going to have some caveats. I don't, I don't know that Xbox would want the entirety of Game Pass over on PlayStation, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe a... a, a 
curated catalog to try to get people enticed and to come over to the Xbox platform or play it on their PC or, or something like that. It, it, I find it hard to believe that they would be like, yeah, we the entire Game Pass thing is over here. Yeah. You never have to get an Xbox console because then I would start to worry about the future uh, of the Xbox console. I, what I would love is to know like, how much does Microsoft actually lose on consoles? We know the Series S is the primary seller this generation for Xbox, right? Like the the ratio is the S is vastly outselling the X. Um, are they losing money on the S? Like, is it is it this two prong approach where they have like a weaker entry level console? The approach going forward where that this allows them to kind of offset those costs, right? Like, yeah, we might only sell 30, 40, 50 million consoles over the entire generation, but we didn't really lose that much money because most people are going for that entry level console to complement their PlayStation. Yeah. I mean, I think that at this generation more than any, the consoles are a means to an end to deliver the content and they've always been that way, but even more so now with game pass where that is what they're focusing on. They're focusing on the software delivery and the subscription models. And so, I mean, even just Googling here, like from VGC in July, Microsoft reports second best Q4 and full year for Xbox revenue. Mm -hmm. Like it is going up and to the right. That's the direction they wanted to go in and, and focusing on the hardware elements of that, that like, it's such a small subset of the, it's an antiquated way to think about Xbox to isolate it to just being a box on your shelf. Mm -hmm. It's so much more than that to the point that even if the strategy changes, Xbox is still going to exist. And I don't think that the hardware is going to be going away anytime soon because it is so small. I also don't think the hardware can go away anytime soon. I know a lot of people are freaking out about like the all digital future. They we we talked about a few weeks ago, I think, where the that digital series X and it's like is Xbox not gonna do disc anymore? And I brought it up then, but I I bring it up the same points every single time. Like there is a large portion of the country that needs disk drive yeah. still. The internet infrastructure is not where it needs to be to support a full digital future for every single person in this country. Yeah, no, it's 100% fact. And then beyond that, I think that even if the digital shift is inevitable and then the disk drive mm -hmm. shift is going to be inevitable where we are. They're going to sell it. it. Yeah, gonna. you're, you're going to have USB-C in the back of your Xbox Series XS or whatever the next, you know, who would C, I don't know where they're going, Y, another letter thrown in there. Um, like you're going to have the disk drive in there. But um, yeah, digital is the future. And then beyond that, I think that the hardware like you said, it's still going to have to stick around because people need it to be there. And mm -hmm. in 10 years, 15 years, when that infrastructure comes up, this conversation could totally change. And then we say, well, turns out cloud was the next big thing and everybody's just playing online. But right now, that's not the situation. Yep. I really just want everyone to like calm down about Xbox dying, going third. Part. Like we have a lot of this generation left. The Activision Blizzard stuff it just, just closed. We haven't seen anything, the fallout from that. Like in in three years, we could be talking about a whole different landscape. Like Xbox yeah. could be selling crazy through the roof, right? Yeah, well, and also the online discourse around gaming as a whole on both sides with Xbox and PlayStation, it changes with the wind. Like I remember three weeks ago, just because Bungie was having issues and they reduced their staff down by a significant amount and let a whole bunch of people go. People were like, oh, PlayStation's in trouble. And then you'll still see conversations around that with like the live service push and how many games they've pulled from that current trajectory. And they're like, well, what's PlayStation working on? 
that's for them to figure out and it's behind the scenes. They're not going anywhere. All of mm. these companies are driving tons of revenue. So Xbox isn't dying. Yep. PlayStation isn't dying. Did, the Twitter timeline is lying to you. It's okay. Did, We're going to live. Did you see, the, I don't know if you saw it, but there was genuinely something going around on, on the gaming Twitter where an insider tried claiming PlayStation's like, yes. uh, the PlayStation's finances are so bad that they're that they're thinking about shutting it down. I'm like, who can tweet this and genuinely believe it? Yeah, well, that's the that's the issue with social media is that anybody can say anything. And if the right set of people pick it up and run with it, then it's just perceived as like the truth of what's going on. And then that's how we end up with misinformation across the board. Exactly. Joe's over here. You know, every bankruptcy is running rampant. The world is ending. And meanwhile, if you need me, I'll be playing Remnant 2 on Game Pass because I'm just enjoying the games. Thing. exactly i'm i'm too busy playing games to worry about the nonsense sometimes which yep. I, you know but those those podcasts like to talk more than they actually do like to play so, Ooh, yeah calling them out i didn't name anyone but let's talk about the game awards next sam because xbox has been hyping it up a few people have gotten emails telling fans to tune into the game awards next week which we're going to be live reacting to for important announcements and other xbox news you don't want to miss so Hopple writes in, he says, what will the news teased by Xbox on the Game Awards uh, finally be? Is it Silk Song? I don't know if it would be a Silk Song thing because I feel like if Xbox is hyping it up, obviously Silk Song has been a part of their like marketing campaigns before. I think they announced at a show or it's a Game Pass drop or something like that. But I'm personally expecting some Hellblade gameplay and Fable gameplay. Those are my two expectations of like, actual in game what are we going to be doing like i want to see those specifically and i think that matches their like marketing beat maybe avowed as well to throw a third one in there and just round it out with three but i i don't think that silk song i mean it could be because they delayed into like early 2024 i mean what do you think i think after today which we saw i think it was australia rate hellblade 18 plus or m for mature mm -hmm. or something i think hellblade is a lock for the game awards hellblade 2 if i had to guess is going to be the x big xbox presence with like big combat reveal trailer release date trailer i can see that happening um i part of me is like it would be awesome if xbox had multiple announcements but then another part of me is why wouldn't they save that for like their own event mm. unless they really think like the game awards is the place like get more eyes on it than something like if they held their own little showcase you know yeah i think that the game awards has kind of taken on its own life as uh, like the mid-year e3 or the mid-year summer game fest I and mean, obviously it's run by the summer game fest as an organization both hosted by jeff Keeley and things like that and so i think that if you want to make a big splash, having your own independent showcase works for things like Hi-Fi Rush, where it is the smaller, more niche stuff where you're speaking to the gaming audience that's tuning in for a specific Xbox event. But if you're looking for the larger, broader, potentially getting some media coverage as well, the Game Awards is the one that's going to get you that in mid-December. And so from there, maybe that is where you show off your Hellblades, which I also think is a lock. Um, I mean, that's where we saw the Xbox Series X shown off for the first time. And that's like, yeah, that's that's the big deal is that they know that they can drive an audience here. And that console announcement solidified that Xbox can have that kind of presence here. And so every year people expect something Xbox related here. I mean, last year there was outrage that there was nothing. And so now we have this confirmation that there Phil is going Cam. to be something. 
Yeah, ex- yeah, the Phil- yeah, the awkward Phil Cam last year is going to live on in history of like he's just there and then he went ooh, you know, yeah. just like the Jonah Hill like nah, cut cut the tape, but um, but yeah. Uh, spam five nine one. Otherwise, known as Sam Heaney in the chat says third time at the Game Awards for Hellblade. LOL, true. which it would is. be true. It was revealed with the Series X, which uh, Ghostly March pointed out. So I'm a big dumb dumb. Okay, retract my statement. Xbox clearly knows that this event is huge. Um, so yeah, let's give them Hellblade. I don't know about Fable. Maybe we get something like Towerborn is supposed to be coming out early. Like that's not big, but like it's it is a mm. they're publishing it. It's like they're uh one of their bigger games next year, like one of their four quarterly games coming out. Um Fable would be amazing if we got anything from Fable. I'm not yeah. expecting anything. Uh Avowed and Hellblade, I think, would be like perfect, perfect show. Um yeah. I saw some people gear six, a digital series X. I'm not ruling it out. It just seems very unlikely to me. Yeah. I think that right now is the wrong time for, especially when it comes to hardware. I think that right now it is still Xbox Series X, Series S. Do you think that we are going to be seeing a Baldur's Gate 3 shadow drop onto Game Pass, as some people have speculated could be the case? And again, this is not grounded in reality. So this is not like a news situation. Do you think that could happen? If they want to blow the roof off the place and get the internet buzzing, absolutely. I think I think Shadow Drop, yes. I think that seems okay. pretty plausible. I don't know about into Game Pass. Yeah, I think that the Game Pass thing is a is a stretch, but I could see a Shadow Drop happening as well. Or if anything, it's available a week from the show or something like that, where it is immediate to some capacity. Um, but I mean, we saw the leaks about beyond good and evil too. So we know that's a thing coming during the game awards and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's always exciting to see what potential shadow drops could come, but as always, everybody keep your expectations in check, you know, go in expecting the least and hoping for the most, and then you'll never be disappointed. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, My girlfriend is home downstairs and she she was yelling and I didn't respond. So she assumes I am dead, I imagine. Ah, okay. uh, RIP, Kevin. Yeah. I'm excited for the Game Awards. Like I said, we're going to be live reacting. Everyone come join us. I I don't even know what, I think there are seven next week. So like same time, but uh, we'll we'll be here. We'll be here looking for the hype announcements. I don't think a digital Series X is coming. Uh, Gear 6, I would like them to hold off on. Like you don't need to announce Gear 6 like years ahead of time. Like, we know you're working on it. It's kind of like, let the new IPs have their time to shine. Like, get people excited about the new things coming to Xbox is where I'm feeling. I also think Gear 6 is... Gears and Halo have always been, like, the two big, like, beefy man FPS third-person shooter games that Xbox has. And so, I feel like, to some capacity, Gears coming at an Xbox-exclusive event, like a an Xbox showcase next summer... And then in the same way that Halo Infinite came back and everybody was like freaking out because Halo is finally back. Mm -hmm. That's where you get the maximum fan reaction is at an Xbox exclusive event because that's where Gears has the biggest fan base. It's not really as prevalent in the general gaming audience. So I think that it makes more sense to push that one to next summer, which I do think is a reasonable expectation. Next summer could be when we finally see Gear 6. Sam and Indiana Jones. We saw that leaked uh, Bethesda like timeline, and apparently that was supposed to be coming a lot sooner. I think that was supposed to be this year. So you know, possibly it could be. It could be. Who is who is the the development studio behind that? That is that which Machine Games, right? Machine Games. I mean, that could that could be the case. That could be the case. You get Harrison Ford on stage, 
and he's gonna be like, I don't know anything about this, but they're making a game, and that's What's exactly a, how a video game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he is. Uh, that man has no cares in the world. He is just there raking in the cash. But I'll respect. Yeah, Joe, I'm here for Gear Six. Can we call it Gears of War Six though? Like, I don't really like the. I think we, we just called it Gears Five, yeah, so now like it's it, just though. Gear Six. I don't like it though. In fact, take it a step further. G Six. G Six. Oh my God. All right, let's go talk about the amazing games coming to Xbox Game Pass. So available right now, Shadow Dropped last night, Remnant from the Ashes for Cloud Console PC, and Remnant 2, the brand new one that came out just a few months ago, Cloud PC and Xbox Series X and S. Tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this, December 1st, Spirit of the North for Cloud Console PC and Steam World Build for Cloud Console PC. December 5th, we get Clone Drone in the Danger Zone for Cloud PC and Xbox Series X and S. We also get Rise of the Tomb Raider for Cloud Console PC, While the Iron's Hot for Cloud Console PC, and World War Z Aftermath for Cloud Console and PC. December 7th brings us Goat Simulator 3 for Cloud PC and Xbox Series X and December 8th, Against the Storm for PC. December 12th, Tin Hearts for Cloud Console PC. And finally, your last Game Pass drop of December, because they're only doing the big one, Far Cry 6 for Cloud Console and PC. Any of those piquing your interest, Sam? This was a great drop. And kind of, you know, I had not read the Xbox Wire post, so it makes sense that this is the December drop. These are your games for the month of December. Um, and... I almost like having one big drop more than like the multi-tier drop. Now, of course, mm. deals are probably changing behind the scenes and they're trying to dial in on like what is actually coming in the second half. But it is nice just to see like banger after banger on this list. And some of them are like not exciting for everybody, but the two Remnant games are awesome to see come to the service. On top of that, World War Z Aftermath. Love to see that. The tech is super cool in that one. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, great game. Far Cry 6, awesome stuff. So, like, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff here. And then, of course, your deeper cuts. Spirit of the North, SteamWorld Build. Like, that kind of stuff is cool to see, too. Yeah. SteamWorld, people love the SteamWorld series. I had Dude. no idea about this until, like, recently yeah, when I think it came up in a Nintendo Direct. I was like, I've never heard of this. Everyone freaks out about it. I'm, I think that's day one into Game Pass. I think it's a brand new mm -hmm. one. So uh, it's cool. Very good. I've downloaded Remnant 2. I have played, I think, like 30 minutes on my lunch break today. Um, I played on the cloud. It was flawless experience on my ally. Uh, I got to the point where I could pick my class. I'm going to play this game co-op, and I'm playing it on the easiest difficulty because I heard this was a Souls game, and... My experience with Bloodborne taught me anything is I will spend six hours not beating the first boss and then scream and rage uninstall. So luckily, this one has co-op and difficulty options. So I'm looking forward to trying that one out. Yeah, I think I might um, go in the order they were released. I might try From the Ashes mm. and then go towards Remnant 2. Um, and, and we'll see. That's just like the nature of how I like to play the games of like, see what it was and then what it became. And so I'm going to kind of dabble in both, but great to see both of them come out. And also, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the value of game pass. I was going to buy these on black Friday. I didn't, I was going to wait till the holiday sales came back. Don't have to anymore. So, uh, yeah, worked out. I've heard some people say that they're, they're not really like connect, like a connected story. Like there's a few lore tidbits. So okay. you can play them separately, which made me, I was like, I'm just going to go to remnant two because it's apparently improved, but I do like to do the thing where if I really like it, I'll go back and, and play yeah. the older version yeah. um 
I think Rise of the Tomb Raider, obviously a great get that's been on there before. World War Z could be a fun multiplayer, like Left 4 Dead style game if people are into that. Goat Simulator 3 is uh, ridiculous. Um, Far Cry 6, though, pretty big get if you're a Ubisoft fan. Um, yeah. That's not me, as anyone that listens to this show knows. But Yeah, Far Cry 6 is great if you just love clearing a mini-map. Like if you just have OCD <laughs> over clearing little check boxes off, just go to town and have a good time. And then Giancarlo Esposito's in there for some reason. He's just locking in that paycheck and being the villain mm -hmm. in this one. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that it's kind of like modern far cry 3 but just not as good as it used to be i don't know i'm probably sounding like a negative on it it's not that bad of a game give it a shot it's pretty fun it's far cry enjoy it is. it it is uh, that's all we have for the news this week but we do have a question another one from sam heaney who wrote in he says do you think bethesda's responses to critical reviews on of starfield on steam are a good or bad idea is it not just incentivizing further backlash trying to nullify valid critiques in favor of attempting to change public perception so for anyone that doesn't know uh, bethesda has started responding to feedback or criticism on steam uh i think the biggest one i saw going around was someone complaining about the empty planets and their response was well when the astronauts first landed on the moon it was empty and they certainly weren't bored and I was like, that's a good clap back. Let's go with I But also, I kind of get the criticism. Like, so exploring some of those planets, pretty, pretty boring. Yeah. I think that for me, just thinking about this from like a public response kind of view, I don't think that they should be responding to these critical reviews. Like, let the game and your fans speak for itself and themselves. And I think that for every negative review of Starfield, you have somebody out there that's still actively playing it and enjoying it. Now, I also get the incentive to go out and kind of like try to correct the narrative, but also it can come out of like, it can come out of a place of you trying to tell somebody else how to play the game. And that's not how games work. Like that's somebody's experience and you can't like correct the way that they perceive their gameplay time. So I'm personally against this kind of approach. think it's kind of weird. Uh, mm -hmm. But what do you think? Do you think that? I mean, you said it was a good clapback, and I agree. Good clap. No, good clapback, for sure. Uh, I do think overall it's not the best look for Bethesda. It, it does come across very, like, your feelings aren't valid. Like, yes. we, we made the perfect game. It's your fault if you, yeah. you don't like it, you know? That's, they're that's, gaslighting people. They're the Steam gaslighting reviews. Steam reviewers. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it is. It's like, whoa, <laughs> man. Um, no, I, I don't think this should be like a common occurrence. People are allowed to have differing opinions and not like the product you put out like just focus on the people that do enjoy your stuff like you don't you don't need to spend your time worrying about that like i don't i don't when i get it when we get you know when you get negative comments on youtube i do you spend all day trying to convince them that they're wrong about why your video is great absolutely not yeah you just gotta let it ride and then if anything take the feedback as like a general blob of criticism and then address it through interviews and things like that and like dribble it out in a way that's not directly back at the person that's like in your comment section the one dude out of the millions playing your game mm -hmm. um or alternatively this is all just pete hines now that he's retired and he's just going through <laughs> he's the got access comments. yeah he's like i've got hours of the day 
come at me. This is my time. So that could also be the case. Retired Pete Hines trashing people (laughs) on Steve. He just took his corporate laptop with him and he's like, ah, this thing still works. I never logged out. (laughs) (laughs) Idiots. Oh, man. No, that's yeah. Don't do this game developers. It looks it always comes back to bite them too. like whenever I feel like whenever game studios try to go at people on social media, it never comes across good. I think one of the most recent examples was that quantum error game that was like a playstation exclusive and they mm-hmm. kind of fed into like the console wars like crapping on xbox i remember like, seeing this yes like and then your game got like a four out of ten and it's like broken and nobody like like maybe just chill maybe we all yeah. just just make your game let it speak for itself let the fans do the talking and respond like take the take the criticism okay bethesda when you're making uh elder scroll six Maybe you're like, hmm, should we make a continent that's empty for the exploration? No, people don't like that. All right. Yeah. Easy as that. Yeah, I think that I think that going forward, I think Starfield, not to dig into it like a deeper, like, oh, is this design theory? Like, you know, what do we think about this? But I think that Starfield does a good job of having that exploration of space, like a legitimate, valid exploration of space. But there's mm-hmm. also an argument to be made of like space can be boring and like i i I also totally get that so yeah i do not think they should be responding i think it also is different for indies of like smaller games that have unfair criticism around them like i i think it's an instance that varies from game to game and from person to person but the way that they're doing it and the shotgun approach of like addressing criticism and nah, it feels weird yeah alpaca tom starfield is fine but space is for sure boring see i don't think space is I don't think space as itself is boring. I think that empty planets in space are certainly the boring parts of it. Um, I love Starfield. I've made that very well known. It's not perfect by any means, but that was one of my big criticisms. It's like the, the, I have no real incentive to go look at these planets because I don't, I don't find that fun. Yeah. But that's fine. There are going to be weirdos that do. Yeah. 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 Uh, There's a lot to love there for sure. Absolutely. Well, Sam, that is all we have for this week. Thank you for hanging out with me again. You want to let everyone know where they can find you and your wonderful content. Yeah, you can find me on threads, TikTok, Twitter, all the social media platforms and content places at Jam Pack Sam, putting out new shorts throughout the week, talking about stuff here every single Thursday, next Wednesday instead of Thursday. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, this is always a highlight of the week. I'm glad we're back in action, ready to rock. We got some holiday stuff coming up, game awards. We've got some good combos coming, so I'm happy to be a part of it. Mm, sorry tom he says i just got here yeah unfortunately listen we covered all the news all right we the, this is what the show is okay but like like sam said we'll be back next wednesday 7 p.m eastern time and then thursday live reaction to the game awards so we got plenty for you next week plus all the other content we put out all week and you can always scrub back in this video but you can find me over on x at the muffin mon it's a one and seven i and owen seven a follow us at save game media to stay up to date with all of the latest until next week week. We'll see you. Goodbye.